And welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your only weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every X-Men story from A to Z. I'm St. Adam. And I am, is there a St. Zachary? I'm not Catholic. Probably Zachariah <laughs> if there is one. Anyway, uh, Faith and Megora to all y'alls. Uh, it's, it's as close to St. Patrick's Day as we're going to get. Yeah. So and, uh, we got to dive into that pot of gold here, buddy. I want to be very clear. I'm Scottish, so I'm allowed to make fun of the Irish. I'm pretty sure. And <laughs> when I say I'm Scottish, I do mean I'm Scottish in the way that all Americans say they are insert nationality here, in which I mean I was born in Ohio. In all, actually, I was born in Kentucky, but that's not here or there. I was raised in Ohio. All my family is from that general area, and we have long generational ties going back hundreds of years to some part of Europe. Uh, so you received uh, your, your birthright to make fun of the Irish in the mail. How did that work out? I, I think the Scottish hate the Irish, I'm pretty sure. Oh, just because, generally. Yeah. So I think I've <laughs> got to keep that up. I have friends who are Irish, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I would hope you do. I've got I would hope look. that you've not just like, you know, written them all off because they're Irish. Excuse me, your great, 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 great grandpappy. Where was he from? Oh, he was from Edinburgh. We're good. <laughs> oh, no, he was from. I cannot think of any Irish cities. That is Dublin. Screw that dude. <laughs> By the way, guys, this will be a lightly edited podcast because unlike normal podcasts, we're recording this on a Friday evening, oh, which yeah. means we have just mere hours to get this edited and sent up to the cloud for you guys to download onto your RSS feeds. So we should probably be nice to the Irish so that we can use the luck of the Irish to get this thing, uh, you know, up and running and okay. Um, but we we do have a theme this week because it's St. Patrick's Day, right? Right. And our patron saint this week is, in fact, St. Patrick. Uh, he did not select these episodes because he's dead. <laughs> but I do believe he has moved us in the spirit to talk about three stories and the three sole times the X-Men have hung out with leprechauns. <laughs> An actual canonical thing, which is just so amazing. And I, I love it. So we're going to head to Cassidy Keep today, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about Sean Cassidy. Yeah, yeah oh, no. boy. Oh. I, I was very tempted. I even watched a Had an Irish Accent video before we came on. And I was like, I'm just not going to do it. I just can't. I See, can't do it. We we mentioned that it's Friday, <laughs> and that means actually it doesn't mean every Friday, but this particular Friday, one of my good friends said, "Hey Zach, you have a beer," and I said, "I'd have a beer." So then we went out to happy hour, and happy hour ran long, and now we're here. <laughs> and you you went to McDonald's and you didn't get your Shamrock Shake. I'm so disappointed. My wife texts me exactly what we want, and I read that to the cashier because I don't want to screw it up so badly. <laughs> so instead of dinner, you come home with four shamrock shakes? Honey, this is all they had. I don't know what to tell you. 
it's vaguely <laughs> mint like anyway um, all right where are we starting we got we got to get over to uh, cassidy keep here uh so back in our christmas episode we mentioned two stories that we said and we'll get to those mm-hmm. so this is kind of a callback a claremontian uh claremontian event if you will something that y'all readers have forgotten about but us the crafters of this podcast tale have not this is uncanny x-men 101 to 103 and uh it starts as something and ends as something completely different which is pretty neat actually this is exactly how i'm hoping the dark phoenix movie goes jeez okay i knew we were going to talk about that (laughs) That Uh, did you did you like the trailer did you like the trailer that came out for it um i did not particularly like the first trailer that that well okay let's back up a second there was a teaser trailer that was released way back i was fine yeah, with that it was fine but the most recent one that they uh they debuted on was it on kimmel i think they debuted it on. i think it was on kimmel. i didn't watch it i watched it on the youtube yeah one of the jimmies i didn't really like that trailer very much the international version of the trailer that kind of leaked on vimeo and then they officially uh released a couple days later i thought that was pretty solid um so i don't know i think your mileage is going to vary in terms of your expectations of this movie i think a lot of people are just afraid that it's just going to be the last stand again which Um, okay people 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 the last stand had a lot of problems core to that was trying to mix in a very good story astonishing x-men gifted with another very good story dark phoenix saga in both of those stories being completely unrelated also brett ratner was a problem (laughs) yeah so a lot of troubles with that um i don't know i'm gonna try and keep an open mind about dark phoenix um every time i see the poster at my local movie theater i'm 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 excited um you know i wasn't i you know that i really did not like apocalypse like i really really didn't like it so i'm just hoping i feel like i've got to rewatch it i feel like it'll be it'll be interesting i'm gonna be there opening day because here's the thing guys I kind of love the X-Men movies. I understand their flaws and everyone who hates them, your opinion is valid. <laughs> I love that stuff. It's my jam. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the fun of them too, is that, you know, there, I think we've deduced that there's more good ones than bad ones, but there's still some stinkers in there. So, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, and we never really can be sure if we're getting that new mutants movie. So, you know, this might be the last hurrah. Anyway, Uncanny X-Men 101 starts at the aftermath of that story uh, where the X-Men went into space and fought the Sentinels. Yeah. On Christmas. Right. And anyway, Gene is piloting the thing back. And if we remember at the end of that story, Gene was dead. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, their spaceship crashes into Jamaica Bay, which, guys, it took me too long to understand that jamaica bay was in new york city and not in jamaica the country (laughs) they talk about kennedy airport (laughs) i first read those issues when i was like 10 i was like oh jamaica bay like jamaica the city or the country that's fine i'm from ohio i'm not one of those east coast yuppies like you adam i know so sorry so coastal elite in my bubble um but this is like I mean, this is epic at the beginning with with the Phoenix rising out of the water, shouting how she's Phoenix and hear Cy- me, X-Men. No longer am I the woman you once knew. I am fire and life incarnate now and forever. 
I am Phoenix. I taught my child how to say that, and I'm very proud. I, I like that she's a baritone now. That's nice. <laughs> it's okay. It's Here's the thing, guys. Remember when we said this is lightly edited? That means that normally I would add like some reverb to that thing and make it all like Phoenix, podcast Phoenix, effects. Phoenix. Effects, uh, effects, we, effects. We ain't doing that. I'm essentially just going to trim it up to the start and end of the episode. <laughs> add the add the add the intro and outro track and say we're good. So if this is your first episode, sorry, our production quality normally much better. Um, I think another very interesting thing happens as Jean is uh, in the hospital, and then we finally realize that she's going to make it. Um, we often talk about. Wolverine's feelings for Gene being retconned in, but he not does hundred percent. Yeah, does but... go out of his way to buy her some flowers and talk about how he's you know got some of those manly emotions, and uh, then of course he walks in and everybody else is visiting Gene, which of course they are, and he has to throw the flowers away. So poor Logan, mm, he's just not very smart. Oh wait, we can't call him Logan yet. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, we just don't know what Wolverine is thinking. Anyway, Professor X then decides, hey, X-Men, look, Jean's just going to be in the hospital. Scott is her, you know, lover, uh, so he can stay. The rest of y'all, go go on vacation. And Sean Casty said, oh, boy, oh, I just found out that I inherited my castle, eh? So we should all go to Ireland, yes? Eh, Faith of McGraw. And they go to Ireland. Don't do that again. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to, but we got we got a lot of Sean Cassidy, who is a character I actually really like. Like, uh, can we can, can we can we give a spoiler for last week's comics real quick? Yeah, go for it. Uh, skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. Sean Cassidy's leading the mutant liberation front right now, <laughs> which is buck wild, and I'm very into it. Him and Hope. Here's the thing. I think they're actually the good guys. Well, we did. did was that explicitly spelled out? I think they were rescuing forearm. At, no, at the they were they were attacking. They were attacking a pharmaceutical thing. Which oh, looked, okay, okay. So they're escaping with forearm. Like, yeah. They're, all right. They're they're it. they're liberating some mutants. Uh, Mutant Liberation Front actually was pretty well meaning. They just happened to be run by Strife, who's bad. Uh, I well, like to think that Forearm's a pretty good dude, all things considered. <laughs> well, and if Zombie Sean's got, you know, got to do something with his time, he might as well do that, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, they go to they go to Zombie Sean's castle. Yes. Uh, and then awaiting them after some flirting and some being in a castleness is uh, Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy. Woohoo! The bromance to end all comics bromances. I love, love them these so much. I love them. So <laughs> here's the thing. I don't actually like black Tom Cassidy. Like if there's a black Tom Cassidy solo, count me out. I don't care. Uh, black is Tom that, and Juggernaut. Is that a thing though? Do they ever separate? Like Juggernaut I, can stand on his own, but black Tom is never by himself. Is he? I've got to imagine it's happened before. Oh, no, he's so stupid by himself. He's just like the guy with a stick. He's, does he even shoot powers out of his sick? But Black Tom has a shillelagh, guys. Yes. Uh, Black Tom shoots energy out of his shillelagh, and I'm not 100% sure that happens in the story. Uh, I think he does it at least once. He does he blast. Does it to, he does it to Banshee, and then Banshee says, Tom, don't you know about all? Our powers don't work against each other, yeah? 
that was not Irish at all, guys. <laughs> these accents are failing me. Uh, um, so there's there's a lot of fun stuff here. We get Aurora's um, claustrophobia backstory for the first time, which uh, the animated drop, series really exploited a lot. But, they um, drop a ton of exposition about Storm in here. Like in three yeah. pages, they're like, hey, here's an incredibly convoluted backstory for Aurora Monroe. Go deal with this, comics. <laughs> like they could have just added, oh, my parents died in this explosion. Nope. But they they jumped in. Remember how I was an African princess? Well, also I was a thief before that. And then my parents died in an explosion before that. But they were actually journalists and my mom was a queen in Africa and they lived in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. They lived in the Bronx, I'm actually pretty sure if I'm remembering right. But everything's a little hazy. I don't um, know the five boroughs all that well. That's okay. We we do get uh, round one of Colossus and Juggernaut. Um, Colossus loses. Juggernaut is just taking everybody out. And uh, one of the people who's like really knocked out in here is Nightcrawler. And who does Nightcrawler get rescued by? Leprechauns. That's right. They're straight up leprechauns living in Cassidy Keep who rescue Nightcrawler are amazed as Nightcrawler is by his like ability to disappear into shadow um and these these leprechauns they seem to know quite a bit don't they yeah why do the leprechauns know that wolverine's name is logan well thank you leprechauns because we didn't know logan's name was logan before that it's nuts that's just how it's revealed it's like oh by the way we know who you are logan and (laughs) logan is like how do you know my name And you don't think about that when you're just reading it casually. But if you're looking with a critical eye and looking at the whole run, you realize this is how it gets revealed that like (laughs) his his name, a name that's big enough to just say this is the name of a movie. And we all know who we're talking about. We're talking about Mr. Swordhands. It comes from leprechauns. Yeah. Jeez, and it's the most leprechaun looking of the leprechauns. Like the leprechauns just kind of look like shorter people with pointy ears. But this guy who knows Logan's name is like, he's got the green outfit on. Like he's ready to give you a bowl of lucky charms. Um, Artist Dave Cockrum was not pulling any punches, nor was writer <laughs> Chris Claremont, who we forgot to credit in this story. Cause I just assume everyone knows who wrote and draw every uh, Claremont comic from like his first run. Sorry guys. <laughs> I also love how this ends by they flip Black Tom into the sea and Juggernaut's so mad that his bro like went into the water that he like dives in after him. And that's that's how they win. They can't win. So they have to dump back Black Tom in the water. It's very good. I love Black Tom and Juggernaut's bromance. In fact, one of my many problems with uh, Deadpool 2, Electric Boogaloo, is that they had Juggernaut and they had Black Tom, I guess, technically and they didn't exploit their very very good friendship and in fact made black tom the butt of a very weird joke yeah and then shot him in the face Ugh. the less said about deadpool 2 the better i i like accidentally watched the last like 30 minutes of that at a uh a co-worker's hotel room, which he is was a long-term stay from India, so that's a less weird sentence than it really sounds. He made food. It was delicious. Prashant, mm. if you're listening, your curry was fabulous. Uh, but we did end up having the last half hour of that on HBO, and I was just shaking my head the whole time like, I don't – this is not what I wanted. <laughs> um, 
All right. I think this is a really quality classic X-Men. I mean, we start off with the reveal of the Phoenix. We get Aurora. That's the best part. That's easily the best part. We get Aurora's claustrophobia backstory. We get fun bromance between uh, Black Tom and Juggernaut. We get Leprechauns who then reveal Wolverine's real name. I mean, this is fantastic stuff. It's it's a good, solid story. I don't think it's the best of the early X-Men stuff. Like, this is still Claremont and Cockrum figuring out what X-Men are going to be. Yes. They aren't there yet. In fact, it takes them a little while to really figure out what X-Men should be. I will say, I think um, we put the first appearance of the Juggernaut at 118 on our list of, wow, we've got over 200 stories on this list now. 201, in fact, starting from uh, Days of Future Past uh, in Astonishing X-Men Gifted and God Loves Man Kills and going all the way down to NYX, X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire, edited by C.B. Sibolsky, who I did ask to interview and we'll see what happens. Marvel's probably going to say no. Fingers Uh, crossed. (laughs) And then X-Men the Draco. Um, Is this better or worse than the first appearance of the Juggernaut? The first appearance of the Juggernaut is at 118, and I think this is better. I do too. I don't think think this this is even. I don't think this is even the best of the Claremont and uh, Cockrum X Men stories. No, of course not. Like we have up on our list, number seventy three, Generation X, number four, Between the Cracks, which isn't a Claremont and Cockrum story, but it's one that I looked at, and I don't think it's better than that. I don't think it's better than like all new X Men. Or no, I'm sorry, all new Wolverine annual number one, where uh, Laura Kinney and Spider Gwen switch bodies. Probably better than Battle of the Atom at number 83, though. And probably better than Last Will and Testament of Charles Xavier. Yeah, I think um, a, a, a good determinant here might be whether we think this is better than Fall of the Mutants. What do you think about that? I don't think it technically is better than Fall of the Mutants. All right. Well, then we found our ceiling. Um, yeah, I, it's better than Avengers World 17. Yeah, I think so, too. So we good with that? This is going to be our new 81? Yep. Uncanny 101 to 103. Uh, Juggernaut and some Leprechauns and Cassidy Keep and all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, you might imagine that this would be the last time that we visit Cassidy Keep, and you would be wrong. Not so, friends. We've got several more occasions, including our next story, which is Uncanny X-Men First Class, number eight, The Curse of <laughs> I can't do an Irish book, don't you know? Uh, um, yeah, do you want to take, take a shot at that word, Adam? The The Kraliak? The Kraliak? Kraliak? man i'm so glad this is an edit free episode because <laughs> that's some bad mouth sounds right there all right so uh, before we talk is, about this can you explain this series to me because i don't know what this is okay so uh this is a issue written by scott gray and fernando uh blanco uh this was a series this entire uncanny x-men first class was a sort of spinoff of the X-Men first class concept mm-hmm. where they filled in the gaps of the silver age and they okay. decided, you know, instead of filling in the gaps of the silver age, 
why don't we fill in the gaps of the Claremont Cockrum run, essentially? Which is a weird concept because there's no gaps. No, right? it's a pretty it's a pretty straightforward in solid story. Yeah. Uh that's pretty tight, but jam-packed. Anyway. Yeah, they they make they make gaps and make them appear. So this is taking place uh pretty pretty soon after the story we just uh re- review we don't really review we kind of just i think rank is the right word Mm -hmm. because it's not really a review it's not really a recap but it's definitely a ranking uh well this i like this issue this is kind of fun um kind of fun is the right word no you all right it's a fun concept and i like the basic premise that (laughs) not only is sean cassidy banshee not only was he a secret Interpol agent, agent right. uh, but he was essentially raised by leprechauns. Like, yeah, uh, he went to school <laughs> taught by leprechauns. He was in like, Cassidy Keep, he was which homeschooled also by means leprechauns. Black Tom was also homeschooled by leprechauns. <laughs> so they've got a rough, uh, they've got this. a rough track record. Um, yeah, we get reintroduced to the, um, the character of Cassidy Keep, Eamon, um, who will pop up in our next story. Yeah, he's and not a leprechaun in this story from 2010. No, we'll come back to that. Um, and this is a murder mystery. Yeah, a leprechaun's been murdered. Uh-oh. Uh, Finnegan Bradley was murdered, and Banshee is upset. Yeah. And with him is Kurt Wagner and Peter Rasputin and Logan who the leprechauns do know in a story that's never been revealed in damn it, Marvel. Let me tell it. <laughs> Guys, I don't have a pitch, but just I'll you, you give me that green light. Trust me. I'll come up with something. It'll be very readable. So I guess the general premise is that they take a couple pages to solve the mystery. Turns out that one of the leprechauns is not a leprechaun. And is a he's how do they, what is he? Is a she? Is that a, am I saying that right? There's like a little pronunciation here somewhere. Uh, um, S I D H E, which I think is actually pronounced like she. Okay. Or something. So he's uh, kind of like a, a an evil butterfly, right? They're like, they're they're fae. They are fairies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a she. So it's uh, a banshee, like Sean Cassidy, is a version of the she. Also, Kaseth from Final Fantasy VII, you know, the, the cat that sits upon the stuffed animal? I have to take your word for it. Adam, are you not a Final Fantasy VII person? Because that's like your age group. I never I never played that. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you not know about Cloud Strife? <laughs> I know I know who Cloud is. What, do, you know, do you know about Tifa or uh, Eris or Barrett? I don't know. The, I don't know these or words. Sid or think- Vincent? Were they in Kingdom Hearts? Then I might know them. Cloud was defo in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> He's the very sad man that hangs out in Hercules's house. No, I'm that guy who played Kingdom Hearts and was like, ooh, goofy. And like, I was like, who are these weird characters? Cheesy Kingdom all this Hearts wild. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And we'll get back to Uncanny X-Men First Class Volume <laughs> 1, number 8 soon. Uh, Donald Duck is a world-famous cartoon character. Yep, my favorite, actually. He's very good. 
He is a character that my son, my three-year-old child, did watch do a dance at Disney Junior Dance Party uh, last night as we're recording this. So he's he's a child's television icon. He's also a wizard in <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. He can he can cast Blizzardara on you and Frisio. Frisio real good. And that's wild to me that Donald Duck is so much to so many people. Hey, I mean, Mickey's like a sword wielding hoodie wearing uh, goth uh, guy. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse <laughs> me. They're key blades. They're, they're, they're swords me. that when you stab them into people, they unlock their death. Uh, anyway, I button mashed my way through the first two. I'm very mad that I don't have. Uh, they got to bring that to Switch, man. I, I want to play that darn game. Anyway, wait, hold on. You didn't play Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance? <laughs> uh, I haven't had a major video game system since a Wii. So what, what system would that have been on? I don't even know. I don't one of the handheld ones. You didn't play kingdom hearts chain of memories. No, I don't know. You didn't, you didn't play kingdom hearts, kingdom hearts, 358 over two days. (laughs) No, you didn't play kingdom hearts birth by sleep. I'm impressed that you're remembering all of these these uh, game names. It's, it's I remembered half of them, and then I had to I had to quickly Google the Kingdom Hearts Wikia because I had to know exactly what the number of 358 over two <laughs> days was. It's all a right. bad video game title. Uh, anyway, Uncanny X Men First Class, right? Yeah. So because this little like dark fairy, um, you know, emerges, he summons all of the mythical creatures from. Uh, Ireland into Cassidy Keep. There's like ogres and trolls and goblins, and uh, Wolverine very aptly notes that this is the stupidest fight he's ever been in, which and, is just not true, Logan. Uh, no, you've been no. in some dumb fights. Well, maybe at this point in continuity, who knows? Um, and then Cassidy, or excuse me, uh, Banshee knocks the the fairy out. Uh, all the mythical creatures are like, "Oh, how did we get here?" And then it's over. Right? Yeah, that's that's about the long and short of it. Yeah. Uh, the murder mystery part is not that engaging. And I would say it's very difficult to. So I think the good the good part of a murder mystery story is if the reader is able to follow the clues and come to the same conclusion as the protagonist, even if only on the second read. Right. Not, not I don't following it. I don't think this story does that. Because his big clue is that Finian uh, wrote out all of the letters to Declan McGuinness's name <laughs> in an acrostic. That's, but yeah. that's a dumb. That's a dumb thing. It, no, it relies on us knowing that Finian was super into very proper grammar, which is weird. Anyway. I don't know. It's fine. The art's fine in this. The writing's fine on it. It's a, just it's just a weird story, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's it's more quirky than anything else. Um, I think the art's pretty pretty good. Um, very. I very think detailed. it's solid. Um, I, I, I like don't know it. these creators honestly. Like, I can't think of another thing that I've read of Fernando Blanco or Scott Gray. Well, that's okay. Um, but he's I, I only think... done twenty three Marvel comics. Well, maybe he's done some other stuff. I don't know. Mostly um, Marvel zombies. Now that I'm looking at it on the Marvel Wikia. Hmm. I can see this style, you know, fitting with that. Um, it could actually work on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think you're going to like want to seek this out unless you're really wanting to track down your leprechaun lore, but um it is like we like we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, I don't, I can't imagine that you're going to be like, "Oh, I got to find this issue." Um cuz it's just a random story about a leprechaun murder mystery, and if you need to read that, cool. Um but I don't think most people are, are going to want to seek this out. Fun fact, uh, writer Scott Gray has pretty yeah. much only written for Doctor Who magazine. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, which I guess Marvel published in hmm. the 90s. Well, did Marvel did have the Doctor Who um, license at one point, right? Did I they? I don't, I don't follow the Doctor. I don't know that one either. People always talk about the Doctor. and I, Who? Know. Yeah, the Who. Man, they're tired of that joke, ain't they? <laughs> so where's this going on the list? Not as high as Uncanny 101 oh, to no. 103. No, no, no. Uh, probably not as high as like Uncanny 300, which is at 130. I like X Campus better than it, which is at 155. Looking, you know what I was looking at? Another like kind of well-crafted but meaningless kind of story is at 173. We have Robert Kirkman's Cable and Wolverine uh magnolia homage i like this better okay uh so we've got a little window here so how high would you go well pretty quickly above that at 168 we have the first appearance of the brotherhood of evil mutants yep and then right below that we have cable the long way home which involves the sugared man yeah 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 and then right below that we have the first appearance of adam x the extreme that is better than this for sure um, oh, Curse of the Mutants. I, Interesting uh, uh, you know, comparison here. Better or worse than Curse of the Mutants? Adam, this is me. <laughs> so I better. Think I think it's better than Curse of the Mutants. Worse than the first appearance of Adam X the Extreme. All right, so this is our new 171. It legitimately is. That would be Uncanny X-Men First Class, Volume 1, Number 8. All right. First class. Leprechaun murder mystery. Yeah, that's all. I'm not going to call it the curse or whatever it is. <laughs> no. Um, and now we're going through these stories in order of canonical chronology. But in terms of publishing chronology, there was another Cassidy Keep story in between these two that we first that, that we just started with, right? Yes. The only other that is not an eight page story in Marvel Comics Presents. Okay. There's there's only four Cassidy Keep stories, which is wild because Cassidy Keep does not fit in with the X-Men at all, but should totally be used more. I think it's fun. I Can mean, you imagine I I know she's Welsh. But can you imagine like a pixie story set in Cassidy? Yes, it'd be very good. <laughs> That'd be great. Why not? Let's 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 send them all abroad. I don't know. Um, so when else did we head back to Cassidy Keep? Because we got a third story here. We did in 1995. So in our ever. Uh, ever going quest to just talk about that first chunk of generation x a ton we have generation x eight and nine which is what happened to cassidy keep uh it's written by scott lobdell and jeff loeb has a credit on this hmm. with pencils by roger cruz and tom grummet so it's a it's a this is 
this is the in-between chunk where Bachelot wasn't drawing the book, but he was still doing covers. Right. And there's it's sort when, of a Joe Mad kind of style to this, right? Like it's Roger Cruz was very much a whatever is the flavor of the week kind of guy. I'm going to do it. Mm. Yeah, there's so, sort of elements of, 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 you know, Jim Lee type faces here. Um, Joe Mad type bodies and um, and and poses and things like that. But and there's there's even some nods to um chris pachalo's you know style here and there but it's it's especially with the dragon yeah but this is an interesting mixed bag for sure uh what happened to this issue adam adam my good my good sir well generation x who are led by sean cassidy and emma frost have my girl returned to cassidy keep to find that it is missing um and it is enshrouded you know, you know, mist that transports them off to kind of a, a magical mystical land um, inhabited by all kinds of creatures and they get separated um, and hijinks ensue. And, That's about uh, right. Yeah. Um, so chamber and um, sink have to, what do they battle? They're these Stuff, like knight, they they battle mystical creatures kind of off-screen knights um for fairy tale they they play the uh they play the sunspot role in this uh if we're talking about the asgardian wars <laughs> yeah there is there's kind of a nod to that here where you know they're all getting split up and uh, they have to go but this is short this is only two issues so we don't have a lot of time for misadventures um one of the weirdest things that happens here is that Emma and Sean run into Eamon, who, for whatever reason, I guess Scott Lovedell just didn't go back and do his homework, is now a leprechaun. Yeah, Eamon O'Donnell, who is the essential, the uh, essentially the the Alfred of Cassidy Keep, he's a leprechaun now. I did a double take because I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? But no, I had read the other two stories. I was like, he's not a leprechaun. He's I also a guy. did have to recheck. He's just supposed to be a dude. Maybe he's a dude in a leprechaun. Like, he's a leprechaun in a dude outfit. Whoa. Whoa. Man, I know. We're th- <laughs> Maybe we're all just leprechauns in dude outfits. Who knows? <laughs> we're all, like, strong in the, <laughs> in the X-Force annual. We're all just little fish babies in big big uh, people bodies. I'm so um, glad you said that because I was about to do the exact same thing. This is why we're good <laughs> podcast friends. Um, and then Skin and Penance have to fight a cigar-chomping dragon. Which is very good because Skin knows that he is not well-equipped to fight a dragon. But he does use all of his bluster to try and distract the dragon long enough so that he doesn't have to fight him while, like, M and Husk and Jubilee try and fix a machine that a fairy is telling them to fix. Yeah. I mean, this almost has, like, an Excalibur feel to it. It has a super Excalibur feel to it. Yeah, it's very silly. Skin is just like trying to joke his way through this fight with the dragon. He's making him laugh and they're trying to fix this, this, what is it? Fairy engine or, or something along those I lines. I don't know. MacGuffin. It's a MacGuffin. Well, especially because I guess Chamber walks into it, blasts some, some 
uh, throat stuff. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Star power. And uh, the thing just like kicks back into action and then they leave. Like, okay. Um, Yeah. Look, it's not like tightly scripted. No, it's it's pretty inconsequential. I, I think it's fun. Um, there's some good moments too. Like at the end, uh, well, M goes into one of her trances, uh, which Scott Lobdell blames on autism, which isn't how that works. Uh, and is bad. Uh, but anyway, M who is really two kids in a trench coat does talk to Emma and say that, Hey, I really feel bad that I kind of screwed up over there. And Emma's, Emma like reassures her and say, you'll get him next time, boyo. Yeah. And it's like a good scene. Like Emma Frost in Generation X is great. And oh, everyone should it. appreciate this specific Emma Frost more. I no, love it's, it's Generation really well X Emma. Oh, like it's it's why I love this series. Like Banshee is so good. Emma is so good. All the kids are so good. Penance is really fun in this issue because she gets to try and poke a dragon. which is about the most characterization we've gotten for penny yeah she doesn't do a lot generally except kind of you know hang out in a corner and look sullen so um i don't know it's kind of fun to see them go on these little adventures it's very fast um if you're a fan of excalibur if you're a fan of asgard wars like you, you probably get a kick out of these two issues um there's you know, it's meaningless. Like you could skip these two issues and not really miss any continuity, right? You would miss some weird Mondo stuff that. Well, they still haven't introduced Mondo, right? Like the annual comes out after this that introduces yeah, I mean, him. He he's about to be introduced to the team. Right, uh, Mondo. Mondo deserved better. Well, Mondo he... spent like how many issues being off screen? You know, kind of like about the first about 12. ten. Yeah. And then 15 issues on the team. And then in issue 25 is when Black Tom. There we go. That's a Black Tom appearance without Juggernaut. We've oh. solved We've solved our Black Tom puzzle. There we go. Uh, Generation X 25. Whatever one is the big one uh, right before Onslaught where Generation X uh, kind of wraps up the first big era. It's actually mm. super good. Black Tom's a tree person at the time. <laughs> everyone thinks that's a chuck austin thing no that's a scott scotty lobdell thing that's professional comic book writer scott lobdell bringing bringing that black tom tree action to you it's a pretty good story oh so i mean if you like early gen x you'll probably like this um but i, mean, if you wanted, I like early gen x <laughs> if you wanted to skip it you wouldn't be missing a whole lot um nah, even even in relation to early gen x you could probably yeah. jump jump forward on this one uh but i like it it's fun it involves leprechauns and the fey folk and other things that saint patrick would in fact enjoy yeah it's definitely much more fun than the murder mystery we were just talking about Mm, yeah i i like it better than number 139 on our list right now which is generation x 10 and 11 death whale which is when chamber fights omega red and nothing else happens really uh i would agree um i think this is better than that um how high would you want to go here not that much higher if i'm being honest it's not better than uh it's not better than uh the jeff parker exiles for example which is another kind of inconsequential run in the grand scheme of things but i think the jeff parker exiles 
executes the run better than uh, these two issues of Gen X do. Yeah, I almost, I, a good comparison here might be kind of the inconsequential uncanny 341 to 344, where it starts with Cannonball versus Gladiator, which I think is better than this, um, and then goes to the space stuff and then doesn't really resolve itself very well. Yeah, I think that's better. Do you think Final Sanction is better? Because I'm on the fence. I've been reading a lot of Wolverine, so my my view is skewed. Um, I think your mileage would vary. You know, it's silly. Uh, this story is a little silly. Um, I mean, Final Sanction is also like Cable and Wolverine versus a mountain. It so. does have a very large cable gun. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to Final Sanction. I think that's better. Okay. Uh. I think it's more consistent than that AVX issue, though. I do, too. Or so, A plus X, excuse me. So this is going to be our new 138? This is going to be our new 138. Gen X, 8 and 9. Uh, whatever happened to Cassidy Keep? Nice. Noise. It's All noise, right. yeah? Don't you know? Well, we're learning a lot today, you know? Yeah, we, how Zach... We... Zach messes up accents and just mixed in several there trying to be Irish and failing at all. No, no. We, we've learned that everyone is either one of three things. You're either a leprechaun in a person body. You're okay. either a little fish person in a regular size body or yes. you're two kids in a trench coat in a regular size body. Tag yourself, people. I feel like I'm <laughs> the two kids in a trench coat. Um, all right. So three, that was pretty good. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Yeah, and guys, I understand that next Monday is technically closer to St. Patrick's Day, but we have a special guest then, so screw you. <laughs> We're going to do this when we want to do it. It's our podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Enjoy your shamrock shakes. Uh, and I'd your... like to. Oh, what else should they enjoy? Corn beef and cabbage. Corn beef. I like to do some corn beef. Uh, do and you? Cabbage. I've never made it. No, it's fun. It's, you can usually buy it uh, well, I'm at going, the grocery store. I, next Saturday, we're going... I'm, I say we. My wife's honestly probably not going. I am going to a St. Patrick's Day party there that one of, my, one of my friends is throwing. Uh, and we're going to have corned beef and cabbage and Irish stew. And it's going to be very delightful, I assume. Uh, Irish soda bread. Make sure you bring your Irish soda bread. That's always no, a favorite. I asked him tonight at happy hour. I asked him, Joseph, what should I bring? And he said, not... Corned beef and cabbage, not Irish stew, and not soda bread. And I said, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so you're bringing a six-pack of Guinness. <laughs> okay, actually, like, let's let's go real talk. Guinness's 200-year anniversary stout is a very good gas station beer. <laughs> like, it's legitimately, it's a good full-flavored stout uh, that's still on the lighter side because it's Guinness, but definitely adds a lot more complex flavor profiles than you normally get from your domestics or even your large uh, imprint imports that you'll find at, uh, you know, like gas stations, I guess. So that's that's a go-to. I can't find any craft stuff that I really like. I'll just grab this kind of six-pack. Zach, um, I didn't realize that you were just moonlighting with your X-Men podcast and that your real full-time podcasting job was craft beer reviewer. <laughs> I did have my bachelor party at Bell's Brewery in uh, – <laughs> in uh michigan because i do love me some craft beer I, me too i just wasn't sure 
you know, like the craft brew phenomenon is, uh, I assume kind of nationwide at this point, but I, I don't know what your access is. So, yeah. So um, I went to college literally on the border of Ohio, Indiana and Michigan, mm -hmm. which I don't care what anyone says. Those three States got some dang good breweries, dude, especially Michigan. <laughs> no one says Michigan doesn't have good breweries. They're very good. Uh, but yeah, I went I went to school on the corner of those three places. So we had a very good distribution list. In fact, the Gays Hops and Schnapps uh, that was right behind my uh, my apartment building uh, where I lived in college. One of the best liquor stores I've ever been to. Amazing beer selection. If you're ever in Angola, Indiana, which why would you be unless you're going to the lakes? <laughs> Stop by that one Gaze Hopson Schnapps. Not the one right off the highway. That one has a little more actual liquor instead of a good beer selection. But the one in town by the Arby's in the McDonald's, that one is lit. I love how specific this is. Like, can we there get some? Two. Can we and get look, some like uh, some MapQuest directions here? <laughs> freaking yes. Get off of the exit that Stop. says University in Angola, between <laughs> Angola and Lagrange. Turn right, go to the town square, turn left, and you'll find it. It's not the one that you'll see immediately after your first turn off the highway. That's where the liquor store you should go to is. Thank God we're not editing this podcast. I'm I, sure everyone is so interested in this. I am so like happy that our listenership is up because I'm pretty sure that might help one person. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Yo, if you listen to this and you know what Angola, Indiana is, hit me up at Xavier Files on Twitter. That is where you can find all of my latest updates and all the other dumb stuff that I talk about. Also, XavierFiles.com. Hey, Adam, if you're ever in the Indiana area and you want that one listener to uh, get a hold of you, where can they find you? Uh, guys, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Uh, new pages of Bish and Jubes every Monday, adamreck.tumblr.com. So we'd like to thank St. Patrick uh, for driving the snakes out of Ireland and then also for uh, making us make this episode. <laughs> uh, that was for inviting great. me up to happy hour. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank the McDonald's Corporation for, for getting my barbecue sauce tonight. That's oh. really put me in this mood. Boo. I'm wrecked for celebrating this very dumb themed episode with me. <laughs> I loved it. I loved all the leprechaun stuff. It was it great. It was so good. It was so great. Uh, next week, we're talking to uh, comic creator Vidalea about Prisoner X and Ooh. some other stuff. I'm actually super excited. Guys, did you read Prisoner X? It was good. Yeah. Uh, between Vida and Herman Peralta, uh, things tight, things real tight. Uh, Y'all should read that. It had a character pop up that I dropped the comic book and said, I did not expect this to happen. <laughs> it was a dream come true for me. That's for it sure. It would be. It would be. Having read that entire, I'm just going to say X Factor run where that character appears. I don't know why it would be a dream come true, but you're more power to you. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking to Vita next week. I'm really excited. Oh, also, I forgot to mention this, uh, but... If you guys are going to be at C2E2, I am also going to be there with some people who have also been on this podcast. Not Adam, because he lives very far away. Sorry. It's okay. He's going to be at New York Comic Con, probably, and you can hit him up there. But I'm going to be at C2E2. I will have copies of my Adam X, the Extreme, Age of Adam X, the Extreme fan comic uh, that you can just take from my satchel. 
that I will be bringing with me. I'll just have them. <laughs> I'm going to print off like 50 or 20 or some quantity. And I'm just going to give them away till I run out. I think it'll be a good little thing. Yeah. And, and, and contrary to uh, some press releases that you might have seen, the issues do not come with a free can of Mountain Dew. So just Dude, expect. <laughs> there's two reasons why that. One, Mountain Dew is very heavy. Two, <laughs> yeah. uh, they do not make the 2007 edition of Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel Halo 3 Finish the Fight that <laughs> I would have to bring with this issue to make a very good gag. Oh, dang, I want to see if I can get one on eBay for the uh, Gem City Comic Con appearance that I'm going to have where I'm sharing a table with Look Hair. And I'm pretty sure we're not going to make any money that weekend. We are going to make a lot of jokes to each other. So it'll be good. <laughs> He's sleeping in my basement. It's going to be great. Oh. Uh. Not currently, but in the future. At that <laughs> I was going to say, see you there now. <laughs> no, I'm in, I'm in that basement bedroom where I record. Uh, hey. and I don't see Luke. I do see some stuff on that bed, like baby clothes, that I will have to kit <laughs> down. Uh, but anyway, Venus next week. Go hit us up on all of the social medias. Like, rate us, review us on iTunes. Whatever, guys. I'm not going to edit this part out. But until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!